Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we are going to look at how competition stunts your spiritual growth and what you can do when you find yourself competing, especially against yourself. The flip side of this is that without competition, you naturally become more spiritually aware and validate your spiritual beingness. For many of us, the word competition often brings up images of athletes competing against one another to win the race, the game, the tournament. Following those images may be more images of the victorious players or teams joyously celebrating their hard-earned win, along with throngs of fans going wild over their team or athlete on the victory stand. Such a win can literally uplift a whole nation or even a larger community of people. How can that limit anyone's spiritual growth, though? Well, all of those inspiring, exciting, joyful images are those of the victorious. We have to remember that wherever there is a winner, you guessed it right, there is a loser. This is true in sports, in business, in politics, and even in religion. Competition is something that is considered by everyone as just a game for entertainment, could not be so destructive. We've all shot hoops, played sandlot baseball, or raced our bikes down the street with our friends, and win or lose, the whole thing was pure fun. We call that competition, but individually, we weren't really in competition. Our purpose for playing was to play and enjoy each other's company rather than fighting against each other just to win. Yet, we've all had experiences playing the same games or sports, thinking we were doing it just for the fun of it, when some player or players started to get into fierce competition against us. The object of the game ceased to be fun, and it became all about winning at all costs. The winners would celebrate, and the losers would feel, well, naturally defeated. Of course, there are always those who rise up to the challenge of using the defeat to further their own spiritual and personal growth by not getting stuck in that defeat. There are always those who are big winners who also use their victories and fame to advance their spiritual and personal development by inspiring and giving back to those who didn't win. But by doing but the doing of that requires them to step completely out of all competition. So the damages incurred from competing can be used as opportunities for spiritual healing and growth but the competition itself always divides and conquers, even the victorious. At least the competition that athletes, even 
live for has a set of rules and are considered part of the game they agree to play with others. Each player means to compete. It's all out on the table, so to speak. The real destructive competition is the competition pretty much everyone gets into is in the inner competition in their attempt to prove to others as well as themselves that they are better or more or at least different than they believe they are. All competition, destructive to one's spiritual growth and wholeness, begins with competition against yourself. That competition against yourself begins the moment you decide that you are not enough as you are. We introduced this awareness in our show last week about the big lie, which is the belief that you are not enough in some way as you are. The moment you see yourself as lacking in some way, you get into competing against the image of what you see as your inadequate self, and then you are divided against yourself. Part of you becomes the judge and jury that declare the other part as lacking and sentences that part to a lifetime of hardship and suffering in order to become acceptable and lovable. Sounds like a lot of work. If you become aware of your inner thoughts throughout the day, you will undoubtedly find that some of them tell you that you are lacking and inadequate just as you are in some way. I'm not good enough or... I'm not good enough at something particular. I'm not deserving. I'm not up to this job. I'm a loser. I'm not a very nice person. I should be more compassionate. I can't stand the way I am. And a thousand more versions of being somehow not enough as you are. Have you ever been anxious or stressed before having a job interview or performing in front of a group or an audition? That's from... That's from feeling that you need to be at your best or better than you already are in some way. Who you are and who you think you need to be are two different people. Whenever you see yourself lacking in some way, you would try to be different in order to be acceptable to others. The funny thing is, usually, even if others are perfectly happy with the way you are, you may still feel as though you need to be better for them to really accept you. You get into competition with yourself when you judge yourself rather than validate yourself as you truly are. People who judge themselves not enough in some way may use beautiful clothing in attempt to cover up what they judge as not enough. Whereas people who see themselves for who they truly are and love themselves as they are may use the same fashion to support their expression of who they are much like a beautiful frame can bring out a masterpiece of art even more. So what a person does, does not necessarily put one in competition, but how that person does it can be the consequence of their competition or it can be an expression of validation. Competition takes you out of being yourself. When you're in competition with yourself, you can't be comfortably just you can't be comfortable just being you. If you can't be relaxed just being yourself, <clears throat> then you won't truly be happy. This is one of the reasons that so many celebrities have succumbed to depression, 
and addiction even at the height of their success and popularity. When you succeed in the world as a result of your competitive winning, you intuitively know that the person who won, the person who everyone loves and and admires, isn't really you. Who won and who everyone loves and respects is the you that you felt you had to become in order to gain that acceptance and approval. Then you can't ever relax and just be yourself as you truly are. You have to be on to keep yourself at the top of your game. Those who make being on top and identified as, quote unquote, the winner, can experience incredible loneliness after the rush of victory and success quiet down. It's a bit like the sailor lost at the sea, completely surrounded by water everywhere, but dies of thirst. The celebrity is the life of every party in town, but no one really knows who he or she is inside. Well, you know, many of us live in a culture of competition. And the winner takes all, right? In many places, second place doesn't even count. Some performers get so much into the competition that if they end up in second place, they feel worse than if they didn't even make the tournament. One of the things I learned by the time I was in my early 20s was that to do my best at anything, I had to be myself. Whenever I was trying to be better than I thought I was doing at, you know, it was at anything I was doing, I didn't do so well. In everything I did and in every situation I was in, it was almost always when I was being myself the most. And being myself the most, I succeeded the most. I'm sure you've all had experiences in which you were trying to impress someone for some reason, right? You, you wanted to impress your boss at work, how efficient and effective you were at your job, so you'll get noticed. Or, hey, better yet, promote it, <laughs> get a raise, or at the very least, not fired, right? You may have wanted to impress your date so that he or she would find you attractive and interesting enough for a second date. (laughs) You you might have wanted to impress your parents, especially early on as a child, that you are finally capable enough and trustworthy enough to be on your own. If you're wanting to impress or even be acceptable, you're in competition with yourself. You'll find that the more you're fine being just as you are, others who are also not so much in competition will notice you in a positive light the most as well. You'll find that the control freak in your life is always someone who's deathly afraid of losing of being found out that he or she is inadequate in some way. It takes a person who is not in competition to support and respect and love you just the way you are. When you love someone just the way they are, you're not in competition with yourself in relationship to that person. When you're in competition with yourself in some way, you'll be in competition with another person 
in just the same way. You won't be able to love that person just the way he or she is. You only love that person if he or she fits your judgment pictures of acceptability. Often, the measure of spiritual development and maturity is described as the ability for a soul to love without any conditions. How unconditionally a person can love others is an essential sign of spiritual advancement. Those who have mastered more their ability to love unconditionally have also mastered more their ability to see themselves as who they truly are and not get into competition with themselves. Such souls are able to communicate lovingly and joyfully with a variety of people. If you seek to become more spiritually aware and capable, one of the most important things you can practice is becoming aware whenever you're in competition and getting yourself out of competition. First, how would you become more aware of when you are in competition? Well, you'll notice that within your own mind, you'll be worried in some way that you need to be or do or have something more than you see yourself currently being, doing, or having. Do I, do I look good enough? Will everyone like me? What can I say that will make me seem smarter, more professional, more confident to this person or to that group? How shall I act in front of those people? Once you start becoming aware of you being in competition in some way, next is to ground yourself. We talk about this quite a lot, this particular tool, psychic tool. On the show, grounding yourself to the center of the earth, being you know, aware also in the center of your head and find that neutrality in which you can just be as you are. And then once you're grounded and your awareness centered in, in the center of your head, imagine an image of a rose out in front of you and put into that rose any of the judgment thoughts and feelings that come up into your awareness. You know, the, the thoughts that come up, not, I'm not good enough, or I can't do this, I, I'm just not, you know, worth it. Uh, I don't deserve, I, I wish I were better. You know, all those kinds of thoughts and feelings that come up, those are just thoughts and feelings. They're, they're, they're judgments. They're based on judgments. Know that those are merely the images in your mind that contain the judgment thoughts and feelings, and they are never true or real. They're just pictures, mental pictures. Now, when you imagine that rose and, and all those thoughts and feelings that you put into it, it's just energy, right? You're just letting go of the energy that you're experiencing within yourself that are judgmental, generally against yourself. And so when you put it all into that rose, 
just know you're just letting it all go. You're, you're not trying to solve it by becoming better. That's the competition, right? When you believe you're lacking in some way, you're going to try to solve that lack. If I'm not, if I feel like I'm not smart enough for this situation, well, gee, how am I going to get smarter, right? At least I want to look smarter. That's all competition. So just put all that stuff in the rows and just imagine that rose with all the energy, all the thoughts, all the feelings that you just let go into that rose exploding in a flash of light. Boom. Boom. <laughs> you can even have sound effects. <laughs> ah, what are you doing? You're, you're just imagining, okay, yeah. I was before now, I was imagining that all of these thoughts and feelings were true and real about me, and I'm just not worth it. I'm not deserving. I, I, I'm inadequate, all that kind of stuff. But it's not true. So by putting into that image of a rose and just going, you know what? None of that's true. I don't have to believe it. I don't have to cater to it. I don't have to even fight it or resist it, right? Because if I'm fighting or resisting a thought in my mind, the only reason I'm fighting it or you know, resisting it in some way is because I think it's true and I have to stop it. I, oh, no, I can't think that way. I, I got to stop it. Instead of just going, oh, yeah, that, that's just a thought. That, that's not real. It's an option. I can believe it if I choose to, but I don't have to. So I put it all in a rows and then just imagine it exploding in a flash of light. So then you're establishing in your own mind that none of that's true. And not being true doesn't hold any power over you. Just remember, your thoughts and feelings are not the boss of you. <laughs> seems right? like it sometimes. Yeah, oh, it seems like it. It's like, oh, my God, this is, this is bad. No, never the boss of you. You're the boss of them. Just like what you say, you're the boss of the words you speak. So smile to yourself after you explode that. Be amused about everything going on in and around you. Let them all just be. They can't hurt you. Then compassionately validate yourself as completely enough just as you are already. Improvement in every way will naturally follow when you're being yourself. Believe it or not, we're already coming up to our first break, and we wanted to invite you to join us for our next teleclass titled Make a Psychic Pit Stop Energy Work to Recharge. It is happening this very Saturday, May 15th, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. This is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series, and everyone, anyone can join us, even if you haven't been uh, to one of these classes before. You'll learn how to psychically step out of all craziness and busyness of the day and do energy work to help you revitalize and live more joyously. For all the details and to sign up, go to our May events calendar section at michaeltamora.com. That is M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-A-M-U-R-A.com. Or call our office and speak to our wonderful assistant, Noelle, at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. And by the way, when you get on our website, make sure you sign up to be on our mailing list. In just a bit, 
We'll return to Competition Stunts Your Spiritual Growth. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's great to have you back. Let's continue with our exploration today of how competition stunts your spiritual growth and what you can do to step out of competing, especially with yourself. Well, before the break, you know, I was talking about uh, uh, what to do. Once you're recognizing those competition pictures, thoughts and feelings, as, as souls, we create images. We're constantly creating images. You know, spiritual beings are incredibly creative, fully creative. So we're, we're creating, and how we create immediately is we create an image in the mind. Whether you're, you're visually recognizing, oh, there is an image of a tree with its green leaves and, you know, beautiful flowers and blue sky, you might not instantly recognize that you're looking at an image, that either you're looking at an image or you've created an image, or you're looking at somebody else's image that they created, whatever. We're doing that all the time. And we, in our journey of life, from lifetime to lifetime, where everything we experience, we create an image of. Yeah, that's a lot of images. It's like, a, oh, I, I haven't seen an ad for it recently, but there was one where there's a digital little camera that you hang around your neck or something. And it, it's as long as it's on, it's just taking a picture after a picture after a picture of everything you're facing, right? Because it's on your chest like a pendant. 
and the the lens is you know facing forward. So whichever direction you face bodily, it's just taking one image after another image after another image, and 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 total. You can have a total record of everything you're you're kind of physically looking at in in your life. <laughs> I don't know who's going to watch it <laughs> afterwards. Uh, 24 hours a day, you're just looking at image after image after image. And then, so it gets, you don't pay attention to it anymore. You've been doing this forever. So it's instant and natural, but it's not until you start to go within, meditate and reflect upon, oh yeah, what, what do you keep in your mind? And when you really start to look at that, you'll notice, oh, you're looking at some image or another at the same time you're creating some image or another as you experience life, as you experience your relationships with people, with the world, everything. That's a lot of images. So you're looking at stuff all the time. But how you might experience it when you start to pay attention, what's going on in your inner life, in, in your inner awareness, you might notice certain thoughts. Like, you know, I'm sure everybody's aware when they're worried. Yeah, you're thinking these worrying thoughts. But almost everybody assumes those worrying thoughts are them, you know, this this is reality. This is the way things are. I, of course, I'm worried because my best friend is in the hospital. Of course, I'm worried my child is hurt. Of course, I'm worried, you know, my uh, relationship is falling apart. Whatever the case might be, you just think that that's the reality. And of course, that's, you know, you're going to be thinking these worried thoughts. But when you start to pay attention, any of you who've, who've just done some kind of a meditation where you just sit there, eyes closed, and just notice, then of course, you start to pull back from all the attention and, and what you're aware of in the world. You know, you pull back from, oh yeah, I, I gotta write this email, and, and oh, I have to look at the social sites, and I have to uh, drive my car, I have to go get my driver's license renewed, whatever it's going on, I have to pay these bills. Uh, for a moment, you just give yourself a little vacation from that and you start to turn within and you go, oh, yeah, okay, I'm not going to do all those kinds of things, so I'm just going to let it go. And so when you're sitting there, you just notice, even though you decided I can let go of all those, once you do, you start to notice there's a lot in the beginning. There's a lot of chatter in your mind. <laughs> and some of them you might find yourself even arguing with. And then you start to go, oh, oh, then did I turn off the stove? Did, did, <laughs> do I need to go fix that? Do I, what, what if about, you know, all those kinds of thoughts and, and different feelings start to pop up. It's like on autopilot, right? It's just popping up. And if you just become neutral, just let them pop up. Let the thoughts and the feelings go by. Just go, okay, that's just a thought. That's just a feeling. It's passing. It doesn't, if you just let them be, they just come and then they go. 
and then new ones come and they go. Others come and then they go. So once you start to establish yourself in a state of neutrality, you're not jumping on every thought, you're not jumping on every feeling that comes up for you, you'll start to notice, oh yeah, there's a lot of it going on all the time. And when you really start to discover that, oh, where, where, where are these thoughts that I'm aware of? Where are these feelings that I'm aware of? And you'll find they're all contained in these mental images in your mind. Images in your mind constantly going by. Some of those images, actually a lot of those images you'll find, especially in the beginning, are not yours. They're images you collected up throughout your lifetime. And you'll find, ultimately, throughout many lifetimes, <laughs> depending on how much you investment you put into other people's how they felt about you, how they saw you, what they thought about you, all those kinds of things were on the outside. Based on the outside, then you would collect up a lot more of those images. That's why it's pretty natural. Almost every little child collects a lot of, most of these images you could start collecting right from birth and, and you start collecting it throughout your childhood because, oh, it's pretty much natural that a child, especially the younger you are, uh, you need parents, you need adults, you need somebody else to at first even pick you up to take you bodily from one place to another because you can't walk yet, you can't even crawl yet at first. So you start to depend on the outside a lot. And so then, oh, gee, if you're depending on someone else, for part of your life, part of your livelihood, to be able to have food, to be able to be sheltered, whatever. Oh, if, if you upset them, you know, the first time you upset somebody who you're dependent upon, at least on a physical level, and they pull away, and all of a sudden you're going, whoa, they're going away, right? When somebody gets upset, they close themselves off from you. And, and to you, you, you don't have as much access to them as who they really are. All of a sudden, they go, nope, you know, you're bad. <laughs> nope, you hurt me. No, you upset me. I, I'm angry, whatever. And all of a sudden, you're very, very psychic, especially at that time. You're very aware. That's especially before you could even communicate with language. Doesn't mean you're not communicating. You're communicating probably more than when you start to learn language. That's when, when your communication got a little bit more limited. And if you really rely just on language and what you're saying for communication, what somebody else is saying for communication, your communication got very limited. Well, that's how uh, much of the world lives with very limited communication. But many of you, especially those of you who are listening to our show, you're interested. You know there's a lot more than just the words people speak. You know you have intuitive knowing. You feel things that haven't been said. Huh? You start to, you're very aware. You've been always way more aware of people's com communication that didn't come out of their mouth. <laughs> right? 
How are you aware of that? Oh, it's just energy. And so we're communicating 24-7. That's what uh, you've heard of, what the aura, the human aura around a person's body. If you're clairvoyant, you see these colors, bands of colors. That's just communication. One soul announcing itself, going, here I am. Yeah, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. This is how I feel. This is what I'm thinking. This is everything at, the, at this time. Huh. So the more you start to be sensitive to that, aware of that on whatever level, you can feel it, you can see it, you can hear it, you can know it, all kinds of different ways in which you can be aware of what someone else is communicating. So they could be quiet. They, they don't have to say anything, but they're still communicating. You're open to that. But once someone decides they're angry at you or they hate you or they're upset about you or whatever, boom, that seems to close off like they slam the door in your face. That's when you get worried, especially if you're a kid. You get worried. Oh, my God. How do I appease this person? I got I to gotta make it right. Otherwise, I'm not going to survive. So we start to take on, you know, we start to look at how to please everybody else, even if it means compromising who we are. So this is all part of this very sophisticated level of life experience and the decisions you, we make in relationship to things that happen that we jump to a conclusion that this is all real and, and true and everything, I got to do this or else. But it really never is. It's just these images. And we can make them very real to ourselves, bigger than life even. And then we make the images and we make the thoughts and the feelings in those images the boss of us. We become a slave to them. But you can always smile. <laughs> you're on cosmic camera. All this is being recorded 24-7, whether you're aware of it or not. Be amused about everything going on and in around you. Let them all just be. They can't hurt you unless you imagine they can. Then compassionately validate yourself as completely enough just as you already are. And the conditions in your life will start to improve in every way. So, so this is at any given moment in the day. Are you celebrating you being the way you are or criticizing yourself in some way? Are you validating yourself as you are or are you constantly haunting yourself or getting down on yourself to be different? When you decide to approve of yourself just the way you are, what jumps out in your mind telling you that you can't because, fill in the blank. Notice that is a judgment picture in your mind. You might kind of think it as a thought, and usually there's a feeling that goes with it, but it's contained in an image if you looked at it at that level, you'll see an actual image. It's just an image. You know, like that commercial they used to have, 
Is it uh, real or Memorex? <laughs> I don't know if we can say that. On the oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like that. Is it, is it a picture? Is it real or is it just a picture? That's what you need to remind yourself. And then you'll realize, oh, yeah, it's just in my head. It's just in my mind. It's just an image. It's just a thought. It's just an energy. What if I just decide I don't have to be beholden to that image. I'll just create my own image. That's why we have you create the image of a a rose. Since roses are pretty universal, most everybody knows what that looks like. So you just create that image of a rose, and that tells you repeatedly over time. It tells you, oh, yeah, I am the one who creates these images. Right? So you create the image of a rose, and then you put all the other thoughts and feelings and images into that and explode it in a flash of light. Our second break is here already, and we welcome you to join us for our special remote Zoom workshop and weekend seminar to our German and English-speaking friends and students in Switzerland, Germany, and elsewhere On Friday, May 21st, Michael will teach psychic communication in your life, what it is, what it does, and what to do with it to heal yourself. It's a fabulous two-hour workshop. Then on that weekend of May 22nd to May 23rd, he'll teach his in-depth and comprehensive weekend seminar titled Psychic Communication, Prayer Healing, and Living Your Most Joy-Filled Life. Michael will teach in English with immediate translation into German. Since both events will be online or by phone via Zoom globally, the schedule for the events will be different for different time zones. For those of you in Switzerland or Central European time zone, the Friday workshop will be at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and the weekend seminar will be given each day from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. Again, check our website, michaeltamura.com, for details in English, along with contact information for the event organizer. Find out all the details and sign up online at the forum Imlicht website at imlicht.ch or contact Wolfgang Jaeger in English or German at forum at imlicht.ch. When we return, we'll get back to competition stunts your spiritual growth. See you in a couple minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. 
Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back. It's wonderful to have you all with us as we continue to explore how you can get yourself out of the habit of competing against yourself so that being in competition won't stunt your spiritual growth. Well, competition to me is such an interesting subject, and it brings me a little bit back to my childhood, long before my spiritual training. Um, My father, having been a military guy, felt that um, if he raised his children in competition with one another, that, that they would have more excellence in whatever areas that they were good at. Um, And that intention was actually okay, not the competition part, but wanting uh, their children to uh, really excel. And, you know, good parents will inspire their children to excel. But I remember as about a nine-year-old girl, I took my father aside one day and I told him, Um, And I I must have sounded just like a grown-up to him, because I told him the following. Dad, when you put us in competition with each other, we start to hate each other. We don't like each other, and it affects our relationship. I didn't use the word relationships, but it just affects how we get along. I remember that's what I said. And he tried to tell me, well, competition is healthy because that's the way the world is out there. And uh, you'll survive better if you learn how to compete better. And uh, there were parts of that that I understood and and actually followed. I was very good at sports, and I I competed very hard at ping pong, (laughs) one, and all that kind of stuff. But as I got to the time of my spiritual training, and I really had to look at competition, the kind of competition I was running Um, I think I told the story maybe last week or the week before about how one day I was, you know, I was learning about this competition, how much I competed with other people and how it was affecting me. And I was at the gym one day and I got on that little exercise and was doing my thing. And I caught myself looking over at the exercise of the woman that was next to me and seeing if she was doing better than me. (laughs) And that's where I went, you know, I am in a lot of competition And I realized that if I was doing that with someone else, it was because I was judging myself that it wasn't, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't, uh, maybe I wasn't up to snuff and and wasn't getting uh, enough exercise or or someone would see someone else prettier than me or something like that. Um, We all have those kind of thoughts, but what does it really come down to is just as what we were talking about at the beginning, what... Uh, 
what we think about ourselves inside and really paying attention to those thoughts. And Michael was touching in on this a lot when it came to the subject of judgment is really competition comes from judgment, the judgment, I am not good enough, or, you know, how some parents will put their voice, you know, parents, your voice ends up being sometimes the voice in your children's head. And so if you're saying something to your uh, one son, uh, something like this, uh, why don't you do this as good as well as your brother? Or why aren't you uh, excelling as well as your brother? You know, it sort of puts you in the position of not being good enough. And the idea is to have you excel, but it's not the right approach. It's being able to really uh, have a child that is okay where she or he is and being able to encourage them from where they are and not competing them against others. Um, And, you know, our whole school system is filled with that. And someday uh, a more enlightened way will come about and and just validating children all the time isn't it, isn't, doesn't do it. You know, okay, let's give you a prize for even coming in last place. You know, that's not it either. It's simply being able to see that child for who they are and teach them from where they are. And so what are some tips on getting out of competition with yourself? Well, paying attention to your thoughts is one. I want to tell another little funny story. Um, and it was such a brief thing, but still, you know, I, I always keep an eye on this competition thing since since it was something that got deeply programmed into me, even though as a nine-year-old I was aware of it. I still sort of fell for it a lot. So Michael and I were in um, Henderson, Nevada with a male friend of ours who was very close. He was like a brother to me. He's now passed over. But we were sitting, uh, the male friend and I were sitting on a bench in front of this restaurant, and Michael was sort of walking back and forth. And so I was in conversation with this man, and then he looked up, and there was this, uh, I would say, maybe 75-year-old woman walking by. She was hunched over, and she she was dressed pretty poorly. She had wrinkly clothes on and they didn't match, etc. And, you know, I was noticing, to me, I was, I was just noticing a person walking by, but he leans over to me and says something like, she could have done a better job dressing herself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not the end of, of it. You know, that's sometimes when we judge people like that, it, It's we have the same thing within ourselves. So I took a look at him. And he was dressed kind of similarly. (laughs) But then when I realized I was judging him for judging her, I fell for the same thing. And so it was, and it goes on and on and on. Why do you think that whole thing of bulimia and all that starts with kids? Because, you know, uh, Hollywood says you have to be so skinny to look good on camera and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, You know, when you're growing up, it's very interesting because sometimes the body puffs up a little bit before it shoots up. (laughs) And uh, if if children are very invalidated about their bodies, they're going to look at these magazines and and these TV shows where everybody's a skinny model. Uh, They're not going to, and they're in competition with that. They're not going to ever be happy with themselves. So that's basically what I wanted to share here. And it's so amazing. You know, what Raphael said about her father coming from a really great place to wanting to raise his children in a way that they'll have the best chance of success in the world. 
And he was very, he was right on. He says, this is the world way the world is. It's in total competition. <laughs> and so if, if you can't deal with the competition, you're not going to make it. Ah, so that part is absolutely true, is the world is largely in competition all the time. And so we have to learn, as, as, especially as children growing up, we have to learn how do we deal with the competition that's out in the world without going into competition ourselves. Yeah. That is the key. It's not be ignorant and don't be aware and pretend like there's no competition in the world because then you can't deal with it. You can't handle when some of the first time somebody comes in on total competition with you and just runs you over, you get run over and you're roadkill and you don't survive. You, you don't make it. You can't succeed. You can't do what you're here to do in, in life. So that's not going to work. And, and a lot of people I've seen, especially very sensitive, psychically sensitive people, I've seen just like Raphael didn't like that competition because she saw what it was doing to her relationship with her siblings is it's it put them into competition and antagonism and and it's intense it destroys it you. destroys the communication relationship it closes everybody up instead of opens everybody up to each other so she, at that young age she was so psychic she was very aware of it but of course being a child you you know how do you how do you discuss this with a parent who feels, no, this is the right way, and you're just a kid, you don't know what you're talking about, and you got to do this or else. Well, half of it's correct. You have to deal with the, the competition. So a lot of psychic children and very sensitive people grew up going, okay, I don't like this competition. I'm going to stay totally out of competition. But what they did was, since they didn't know how to manage it, where everybody else is in competition, they decided every time they felt competition coming at them or somebody tried to put them in competition, they'd, they'd step away. they just go, okay, I'm not going to do anything here. Well, guess what? What if, what if your path requires you to be, let's say, a good performer on stage and you're, you're in fourth grade or third grade or something and you have an opportunity to everybody has an opportunity for the class project to get on stage and perform something. But there's so much competition by that age. There's so much competition already amongst the kids and the parents, especially, and the, the teachers and everybody that you go, I, I'm going to stay out of competition, so I'm not going to perform. Well, that's not good because that takes you take away from yourself the opportunity to express yourself creatively and to learn to perform if that's on your path. And, and even if you're not going to be a professional performer of some sort, well, guess what? You're going to need to communicate. You need to express yourself in front of other people anyway. So you deprive yourself of experience that you need and, and learning that you need to go through because in favor of not being in competition. That is a form of competition. If you, if you can't deal with other people's competition, that's you going, okay, I'm, I'm not going to compete because I'm not good enough. 
I'm not enough. I, I don't know enough. I, I don't know how to deal with other people being in competition. So I'm going to deprive myself from being myself during this time because these people are competing with me. And so that doesn't work. So you have to, you have to recognize competition in other people and not let it bother you. Not fall into the same trap as the person who's really highly competitive and trying to push you out of the way so he or she can get to the top or whatever. And you could just say, oh, yeah, that's, they're in competition. That's fine. I don't have to be in competition with their competition. <laughs> exactly. I, I could just give myself total permission to be where I'm at. I don't like this competition. That's where I'm at. But at the same time, just because I don't like it, if I resist somebody else in competition, I'm going to fall right into it. You know, everything you resist, you become. So if you resist somebody who's in competition with you, you're going to become that competition and you're going to be in competition with them. But if you could let them be, oh, yeah, be my guest. You know, you're in competition. That's great. Hope you win. You know, all that. Just go for it. And if you just enjoy it and let it be, then you can still be where you are and not have to join them in the competition. And the thing that Raphael mentioned about the judgment, well, with judgment also goes blame, right? Blame and judgment. What do we, why do we ever, if you really inspect, how come you judge somebody or blame someone? It's to be separate from them. I'm not like you. You're the idiot. <laughs> I'm smarter than that. Or, or, you know, you're ugly and I'm, I'm beautiful. Whatever it is, you're judging to separate yourself from the other. At least separate yourself from the way you perceive the other. And guess what? You're isolating yourself from the whole of life. So whenever you find yourself judging or especially blaming someone for something, look inside of yourself and you'll find you have a little owie in there, a hurt. And it's the hurt you're trying to protect by judging and blaming. It's a way energetically of pushing someone else or what they're saying or doing away from you so it doesn't get to that sore spot in you. And if you do that, you don't ever get to heal yourself from that pain. So you can't expect to heal yourself from pain if you continue to judge or blame. So next time, start to pay attention. When you blame or blame somebody, go follow that where that blame is coming from inside of you and you'll come to, oh yeah, on the outside is anger and blame, but on the inside it's fear and pain. And you'll start to find out, oh, yeah, this is what I'm unconsciously afraid of and, and hold still great pain. And if you can do that, it may take a while, but if you can do that, then you start to release that pain and that anger and the fear and everything else in there. And you'll be so much more yourself. So we're getting to the end of our show already. Um, one final thought I wanted to throw in there is um, compassion is a very good counter to competition. Mm-hmm. Compassion for yourself and compassion for that other person competing 
Um, and I like to say to some people when they're in that heavy competition, something our teacher used to say to us, which is, um, go, baby, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for joining us. We hope you gain new insights and tools to get yourself more out of competition and into compassion, communication, and cooperation. Our show next Wednesday will be Here Come the Judgments and What to Do About Them. We encourage you to join us to keep waking up and learning to live the miracle of your soul life. Remember our also remember also our teleclass starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time this Saturday, May 15th. Make a psychic pit stop, energy work to recharge, which is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series, which is very popular. Come join us. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is... Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We will see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. 